0: And welcome to another episode of the South African Spies Podcast. Today's topic is Daddy Issues Part 2. In part one, Mickey and I summarized our relationships with our fathers and now plan to delve a little deeper into that topic and talk about the additional issues that surround relationships with fathers and the impacts those have had on our lives. So joining me today is obviously Mickey. Hi, Mickey. Hello. Okay, Mickey. So in our previous episode, we really gave a good summary to the relationships we both had with our fathers. Yes. And today what we're going to do is just, you know, dive a little deeper into those relationships. And I think we can start that off by, you know, just picking up where we left off there. And that was really just who the additional father figures are in our lives. So do you want to go first and let us know who filled those roles for you?
1: Okay, so obviously the father figures that I had in my life changed throughout my life based on who was around and who impacted my life at that time. But one constant I can say was my mother did a lot of the role as a father figure as well she did both and made me who I am today in both a motherly sense and a fatherly sense so she played a big role in discipline and support when it came to whatever I needed support for she was the one constant parent that did both things. In my earlier days I would have to say my father figure in the house would have been my grandfather, so my mother's father. He was the one that was working and supporting everyone in the family. Everything kind of went through him as the head of household. And until he passed away, he was seen to be the man of the house. After he passed away, my stepfather had to take up the role of head of house provider, father figure to me and my sisters and he filled the gaps that were left there by my father not being around. So that's a gist of who filled my gaps for me. Were there also multiple people that filled your gaps or just one or how did it work for you?
0: I'm gonna be honest to this day I don't actually understand the concept of fatherly figure. I know people say it but it's a concept I struggle with because I don't understand what a fatherly figure is supposed to do. And that's probably because between my mother and my sister and my uncles and, you know, whoever was around, everybody kind of just did stuff. But I don't know who I can attribute filling the role of fatherly figure to. I don't know how to really differentiate between mother figure and, like, father figure and, like, the or the roles, rather, that each parent was supposed to play for me. But... I think between my mother and my sister, you know, obviously being 10 years um, older than me, I had everything that I needed.
1: Yeah. So I think the one thing it comes down to when you look at a set of two parents in a stereotypical family, you would assume that one parent is disciplined and the other parent is it's good cop, bad cop kind of issues. And they comes a point where it becomes hard to be a friend and discipline at the same time and I could see that happening with her and my sisters
0: Mm, that makes sense yeah I think for me it was probably a bit different because I had my sister and with the age difference like I've you know I always say that she was the other mother so I think she was definitely the other parent she was you know, stricter on me and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd probably have to say that those were my father figures then, mainly was my mother and my sister. But there were a lot of other people involved, like my uncles, for example, and not just my mom's brothers, but also my mother's cousins. They were heavily involved in my life, maybe because I was in Joburg, but I spent a lot of like my childhood days growing up with them. Like, you know, one uncle got me into Formula One and into tech, you know, and like building computers and doing stuff like that. I think that the same uncle is very responsible for a lot of my interests and my likes now as an adult, like astronomy and jazz music and, you know, those kind of experiences that I've had. This was the same uncle who would come to my school concerts and be there for like awards days and, you know, stuff like that. So... Those were just really the people who filled all those roles for me. But I've never, like I said in our previous episode, I've never felt that void. Yeah. For anything.
1: So, for example, let's say you had a fight with your mother about whatever, then you would go to your sister.
0: Not or necessarily. To your no. Not necessarily. I never really went to anybody. I kind of, um I journaled from a young age. Okay. So if ever there was anything that upset me or I needed to kind of deal with and I didn't really have people to talk to or I was generally too scared you know to talk to anybody because it's not the kind of like environment where you talk to people like you just go and complain about your mother or you complain about things or you you know have issues with it so I would journal and that's how I kind of like started dealing with a lot of my stuff was from journaling at a very young age I like to write yeah
1: Yeah, going back to a previous point like the role of father is so loosely defined as to what it's supposed to be done like what you're supposed to do I can't tell you being brought up by a single mother it's like what is a father supposed to do besides my knowledge of providing for the family
0: yeah and that's I think also why it confused me because I mean my mother provided for us she worked she you know did what she had to but we also started working at like an early age but that was because of the work ethic she showed yeah but it was never because we were forced to or you know anything of the sort but it was never I never had this image that oh my mother's so manly because she's the provider
1: no of course. and
0: I've never had that image of oh it can only be a man that does that providing thing I think that also is something that attributed to both my sister and I being as independent as we are As quickly as we became.
1: Like for me on my side with my actual father, the relationship that we had was best when he wasn't my father, if I could put it that way, where he was more a friend that I played soccer with, and that's when we had a really good relationship. When the soccer part of it started to break down, that's when the rest of it started to break down.
0: Because I was really just the one kind of, yeah, valid—not valid, but the stronger link.
1: Yeah, it's like when you play any sport with a teammate and then all of a sudden they don't show up or they show up once every couple months, you don't have that relationship with them anymore.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's still a very difficult term for me to like adjust and define because I've also seen so many people have different types of relationships with their fathers. Like, you know, you get some fathers who are super like, nurturing and a little bit more in touch with just that softer caring side of them and they show that to their kids and I've seen you know other fathers be a little bit tougher and harder and kind of be that disciplinarian and I think that's where those kind of gender roles also come in you know like what you're supposed to do but in terms of my own it was never a thing totally fine I think though it also has to do with how our mothers were seen for being in the situation So I don't know about you, but like on my side, there is this huge stigma attached to coming from, you know, in inverted commas, a broken home because you don't have two parents. And I felt that it was really unfair because my mother was really playing the part of everybody. She was doing double duty. Yeah, she was doing everything because I didn't have a void. There was nothing missing in my life. So that for me was really irritating. Because instead of her being seen as a woman who is strong and capable and taking on this double role, she was seen as a broken woman because her marriage ended or because she was a single parent, which still baffles me. Who
1: were the people that were giving this kind of vibe from...
0: Ah, you know, the Indian aunties.
1: Yeah, so it was the the gossip in the neighborhood and things like that.
0: Yeah, and I think it was also a lot of how she felt. Like, she felt very... Um, she felt like she constantly needed to prove a point for it, which I feel is very unfair. Yeah. But it was just society. It was, you know, the societal norm that you are an exception or that something wrong with you because you're not in a traditional accepted kind of relationship where you are bringing your kids up in.
1: I don't think I can say anything similar based on the fact that I wasn't aware of any negative vibes going towards my mother there possibly was but I just was close to it I didn't realize anything and also like any adult that spoke to me about my mother would say what an amazing mother she was and don't know how she can do this like she does so much for everyone so I never felt that she was trying to prove that she could do both it was just natural for her to do both and that's who she is
0: yeah I think my mother felt very defensive about it because she constantly had to answer to people and justify
1: do you think that's based on like where we grew up the different types of neighborhoods that we grew up in
0: possibly and I think also we still had a lot of linking to the bigger Indian community versus you
1: yeah and you also still had neighbors and stuff that would talk and stuff, whereas we were very isolated when it came to our neighbours. We passing greet and stuff, but it wasn't like in your business kind of thing.
0: Yeah, but I do think that those kind of things came more from people within the Indian community itself and yeah. not necessarily the neighbors we had that were either in similar situations or were a little bit more understanding and appreciative of it. Mm. Because they were also I wouldn't say more exposed, but more accepting of the situation and, you know, rather saw it for what it is that a woman made a very brave decision to remove herself from a terrible relationship for her kids to ensure that they had a better life. Because that's what it is.
1: That's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. But instead, there's so much of focus put on the failed marriage. And honestly, I think that if, you know, my mother had stayed in marriages or relationships that were toxic and unhealthy, I think that would have a worse effect on us as her kids.
1: Well, that brings me to another point and I got a story that goes on from this. But first, what do you think about people who say, oh, if you get pregnant, you should get married? Because it's really a thing in the Indian community, it seems like, where if you fall pregnant, your uncles and your fathers and whoever's in those roles are going to say, you better get married now.
0: It's not a blanket answer for me on that one. I think it's really dependent on the situation. For example... I always pictured myself first having a wedding and then going on, you know, to have children and stuff. But when you and I were together, while we were still planning the wedding before anything happened, both our mothers were actually like, just get it over, just have a baby, like, don't even worry about the wedding and stuff. So I think it is situational. I think when, you, when it happens, like when you're very young, or it really depends on the circumstances under which it happens and where you're at. I don't think, though, it is the answer all the time.
1: No, I agree. Uh, I have someone that I know who fell pregnant. She was dating this guy for a little bit, and they fell pregnant. And she said, okay, she's keeping the baby. She's going to have the baby, but she's not getting married. They stayed together, although not married, and only much later did they end up getting married because she said she doesn't want now this tie of baby and marriage. If he needs to leave, he needs to leave and doesn't want to, like, put any restriction. And that kind of showed that he wanted to be there rather than forced to be there. And then you split up and divorce and it's messy and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that was very smart on her part so i agree that you know just because you fall pregnant doesn't mean you need to i think our situation was different because we knew we wanted to have a child anyway
0: yeah and we also intended i mean we were literally in the process of planning our weddings um but yeah i think that's very situational but i think that when it comes to absent father household there's a lot of stereotypes that's put on it and stereotypes that really need to end and i hope that as the generations progress That we're able to take out these stigmas and all this negativity around it. I'm not saying that every family or every child without their father grows up fine. That's not it. Yes, sometimes the impact of not having a father figure around is deep and it's, like, prevalent. You can see that when it comes to, you know, that child and the child's behavior and that sort of thing. But... I think when I talk about those stereotypes, I mean the stereotypes put on the mother or the family that ends up raising that child. It's always seen to be, oh, because you come from a fatherless home, you are broken. You are not whole. You are not enough. And I say this because I've experienced a lot of it in previous friendships. There's been a lot of judgments where once somebody knows, you know, you don't have a father, then it's like, oh, all of a sudden, you just like drop a couple of, you know, notches down on their list how
1: did they show this to you like
0: so i would constantly get like you know a lot of like snark remarks and like oh but you don't know anything about this because you don't have a father so some people would be quite like sly and cynical about it and other people would be quite mean and harsh about it but i think where i felt it the most was probably in past relationships where partners like previous partners had both parents and all of a sudden saw you as not enough or broken because you don't come from a home that has two parents. So automatically it's seen that if I end up with you, that's the home I'm going to break or is going to be broken because you're part of it, which is so idiotic.
1: So because they see it as unstable, then you must be unstable.
0: I must be unstable. And because I don't I didn't grow up with a father present, I won't be able to sustain and maintain a successful relationship.
1: Do you feel guys might have seen it as a way to take advantage and be like, okay, now I'm going to be your discipline. I'm going to be your ruler.
0: Yes. Yes. And that, I think, is is the misconception that past people have had with me. Thinking, oh, you don't know what it's like to have a male figure in your life, so I can try and dominate you but not realizing that I was brought up by a very strong woman to be a very strong woman.
1: Yeah, but that also goes to like the shallow mindedness of other people thinking that, oh, the father has to be the dominant presence in the household where it's not always the case. No. Especially when you look at our mothers, even with a man around, they're still dominating presence in the house
0: yeah and I think also the the idea of being the dominant figure is very incorrectly linked to physical dominance. Yes. yeah, I think a lot of people have viewed that kind of dominance as being you know physically strong and muscular and all those kind of like connotations that come with the word strength, but none of them being an inner power, emotional strength, you know, mental strength that type of thing.
1: I look at my mother when my grandfather passed away and how hard it was for her, but at the same time dealing with three kids that were also grieving and being there for us and making sure we were ready for funeral services. We knew what to do. We knew what to say, what we were doing and that kind of stuff. And yeah, my stepfather was there to help, but it's still... A lot of strength for a woman who's lost her father, who was a strong, positive presence in her life, that then has to hide her grief from her children or show it in the correct way so that not to disturb us.
0: Yeah, and I kind of have to find her own way to grieve. Yeah. And in her own time.
1: Exactly. So that was something that just like caught me when I noticed it in my mother that, wow, she's really doing this for us.
0: Yeah. I think with the other kind of like, you know, stereotypes that have kind of come my way, maybe it is because I'm the female, but it really just was that it was weak and stable. You know, something was always missing. There'll constantly be issues. And that's also where like the term daddy issues kind of, you know, comes from Yeah, where people think that because you grew up without a father there's a certain complex, and you're constantly looking for a father in your partner
1: someone to rely on because you didn't have him to rely on yeah yeah i I think maybe it's because i'm a guy it's different that I didn't get that much stereotypical um, questions or statements comments. and comments, but the one thing I did remember that I can remember, which was kind of weird, was i don't exactly remember what I asked or what my friends and I were doing. But I said, "Okay, cool," but I have to ask my stepfather first. And one of my friends responded, "But he's only your stepfather. Why does it matter?" And I was that kind of took me aback because ne- I never stopped to think, "Yeah, he's only your stepfather," because that wasn't the situation. Like he was acting as my father. So when it came to whatever it was that I had to ask permission for, goes without saying I have to ask permission, and that was the only thing that I can. See, I noticed when it became weird that I didn't have a father and
0: well on the topic of, you know, your stepfather and stuff, I think it's also important to acknowledge the roles that step parents can play. But for you, you've had multiple experiences with step parents in different ways.
1: Different forms.
0: Different forms, yeah. So do you wanna maybe just give us your insights on how that can affect your relationships?
1: Yeah, so Um, We'll start with my father's side, where he was married again after my mother twice. And my first stepmother was very loving, supportive, and she really wanted to make the family when we were there a family. So uh, my sister and I would visit and she would think of the four of us as a family and make that feel that way, where we would do stuff together, interact, we would talk We would have routine as well when it came to doing dishes. We eat together, the motherly kind of things that you would expect. And she kind of brought us closer to our father who had previously been absent and we hadn't had a relationship with until that point. And then the relationship with his second wife was very different in the beginning and still is not a good relationship to this day. When we first, well, I first met her, it was kind of just meeting this woman that my father was dating. Then when they were a bit more serious, it was never the family experience. So I was always my father's son. I was never part of their family. And especially with my father living with her whole family, I never was included as part of that and never got to a point where it got better. And that's why it kind of separated me from my father. So I think step parents can be positive and can be negative.
0: That's like a perfect example of how that influence makes a difference because there was influence, you know, encouraging those relationships, but actually not letting you feel like a stepchild. Yes. Versus making sure that you knew your place.
1: That was exactly it. It was almost two sets of primal instincts. It was the loving, motherly instinct or the I'm going to mark my territory instinct and then you get to the other side which is my mother's uh, second partner my stepfather and he's been there from me being very young up until now so it's very consistent I think a lot of stuff about me comes from him because he was a presence in my life in the house something like formula one although i liked it it was encouraged because he also liked it and we kind of grew together on that and he stepped in a lot of the time when i needed and he stepped in a lot of the time when i needed some guidance as a father figure because my father wasn't contactable most of the time if you try to phone him he wouldn't be available and he'd phone you back a couple of days later and by then As a kid, I'm sure you know, like, if you have something that you need to talk about, you need to talk about it now, not in two or three days' time. Yeah. So, yeah, so he gave that to me, and consistently, and he supported my sisters, and he always looked at us as his own kids. He never, like, oh, it's my wife's kids. It was always his kids, and I went with him to cricket games and stuff with his colleagues, and he would always introduce me as his son. Yeah, till today. Till today. And yeah, I still go with it. If I'm speaking to someone and he says I'm his son, I'll say he's my father. And we don't mention the step word in any form because there's no need.
0: But I think apart from all the, you know, positive encounters and stuff, I think he also stepped in and played that role for where discipline was needed or a stern conversation.
1: Yes, he did. I did a couple of things where I needed talking to, like... Uh, failing my first year at university you know it's kind of that point of your mother can only shout at you too so much before someone has to sit down and talk to you in a more man-to-man kind of way or person-to-person but on that level of let's be serious now
0: Yeah, and I remember even, you know, when we were planning the weddings, and we were also in the process of, like, buying a house and stuff, and he also had the conversation with us to, you know, just make sure that we knew what we were doing, where we were going, what our plans were, and that's something I really appreciated. I think those kind of actions show you how he actually sees you, because if you didn't care, there would be no reason to have those kind of conversations, especially uncomfortable conversations.
1: I've seen it, and it goes back to your stereotype stuff, right? So I've seen it with other people where their step parents are just like, whatever, you're not my kid. So why are you asking me? Why are you coming to me? And that's probably where the stereotype comes from, because people expect just because you have a step parent or a single mom or whatever, you're in that same situation. But it's not always the case. Actually, most of the time for me, in my experience, it's not the case. I look at friends of ours who are half-brothers, which means obviously there's like a stepmom, stepfather vibe going on somewhere. But when you meet them, they're brothers. And when you meet their parents with them, you'd never expect... I can't tell who's the actual mom and who's the actual dad because it's not that case.
0: Yeah, and those are like the solid relationships. Like for me, so I also had a stepfather. My mom remarried very late on in her life. I had a stepfather and that's like, you know, where the whole religion kind of thing came up for us. Uh, where you know, my mom converted and so did I for a bit um, and stuff like that. But in terms of my stepfather experience, it was a bit different because I had a lot more restriction put on me. And that's what I spoke about in our know teenagers episode because he was Egyptian. There were a lot of cultural nuances that had to be adhere to
1: from your experience he came in and said okay this is how I what I'm used to you guys need to conform to me
0: basically that's what it was more like for me so that's why I had such a I won't say difficult teenage period but it was a little bit more stressful in that sense mm-hmm.
1: would it have made it easier for you if he said okay this is kind of where I'm from this is what we're used to I'm gonna meet you halfway. You understand me, I'll understand you, and we'll yeah, kind of like go with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. So that kind of compromise would have been better. And I think as time went by, it kind of got to that. Uh, but I did have to, like, really fight and push. and everything. It got to that by force. Yeah, by force. But, I mean, other than that, I can't say that it was all bad. I mean, there were some, you know, like, fun times and stuff. But I still don't see him as somebody who played a big part of who I am that still I attribute to my mother and my sister
1: through all of that he's still your mother's husband he's not your stepfather
0: yeah yeah he was more like you know there for my mother and that companionship and I'm appreciative of that because I never wanted her to be alone yeah so that was where it was great but in terms of the relationship with me I was never impacted Okay. Or I wasn't impacted to such a major extent. So, yeah, that was basically, you know, kind of like our experiences and stuff growing up without the father figures in our lives. I think we turned out fine. I think so. And I know a number of people who grew up without their fathers, some, you know, in very similar situations to ours where they were kind of there but not there or they only you know found their fathers later on in their lives um you know some people who lost their fathers due to illness or you know death at a young age and that type of thing there's all these different situations i don't think that everybody is as fortunate to not struggle with the concept of um you know not having your father in your life like we don't struggle Yes, And I do feel for the people who feel that void and really struggle to fill it because it must be incredibly difficult to want that and not be able to have it.
1: Yeah, I think I'd like to know more from, you know, people who are ready to share that side on if you're missing your father, what is it that you're actually missing? Because we don't know because that was filled for us by various people and especially our mothers, but... To those people that can say, you know, I'm a bit whatever because I didn't have a father or they discovered it later, it had to do with them not having a father around. What is it that's missing?
0: Yeah, I'd also like to understand kind of, especially I think from people who have had a father figure around and a really good one and then have lost them. I think that must be something incredibly difficult to deal with. But yeah, there's lots more to talk on this topic, and I'm sure we'll touch on it at a later stage yes.
1: through our journey. Yeah, uh, hopefully with some listener comments and questions and
0: and stories. stories
1: that we can read out.
0: Yeah, it would be nice to share a little bit more. And, you know, learn about what other people's perspectives were, especially people who did struggle to get through this in their own lives.
1: We're really still struggling to get Ooh, through it. Yeah. Even at, I don't think, I think a lot of people think, okay, if you didn't have a parent, one or the other, or both, when you hit 18, that's it, it's over, you're now just normal and you live your life. But the relationship with your parents go on forever.
0: Yeah, the relationship with your parents and whether it, it's good, bad, positive, negative, it doesn't just end disappear. when you reach a certain age. So until we get to this topic again, or actually until our next conversation, thank you, Mickey. Thank you. Until our next episode, shop sweet, and aware. That's of love.